The worst thing Americans do to one another is sing the happy birthday song as a group. <laughs> like, like, you should hear my husband's family when they, because they're all like loud people and they don't even try. So it's like the most doomless thing ever. Um, so we'll spare you singing the happy birthday song for the iMac, but I guess, will it be this week when this comes out? Um, this will come out the week that has teens in the numbers, so it'll have been uh, like 10 days old. Recently, <laughs> the iMac had a birthday, a big birthday. Um, I, I don't want to admit <laughs> how many years it's been because I distinctly remember, I mean, I was in high school when the first IMAX came out. So we're going to do a show all about the IMAX because we can do that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that number is 20. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I think Friends was still happening when the IMAX came out. I believe so. Um, yeah, that's definitely true, because I know a Tangerine iBook showed up eventually in, in the later seasons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think there, I think there was a Blueberry iBook in the OC, but I'm not positive. And I was always furiously jealous of um, everybody. I, only, I think I only knew uh, one of my friends from high school got a new iBook, um, the Bondi Blue one, when she went to... Was hers orange? Can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was blue because I didn't like the tangerine at all. I don't. <laughs> oh, and uh, I guess it would have been blueberry. Huh? I was gonna say yeah, it would have been blueberry, not Bondi. Um yeah. But anyway, so um, in keeping with a uh, normal uh, tech-ish <laughs> episode, um, I'd like to treat this one as if what if we were recording in 1998? Um, right. And you know, we'll let slip what we know about the future, but otherwise, let's just go over how it would probably react to the machine being released right what am i supposed to do without a floppy drive <laughs> was of course you know everybody's point of panic despite the fact that floppy disks were like the worst thing ever um they were tiny granted we had very little data at the time our hard drives were on did the we though did we really so like if you make a Word document today, like, I'm pretty sure there's 1.44 megabytes of bloat just in making the file. Right, but I feel like, I think we have more metadata than we used to. And, I mean, it's been a long time since I've used, uh, well, really old versions of Word. <laughs> Anything pre, I think Word 2003 was the version I ended up using the most. Um, or maybe XP. I used a lot of Office XP in, in uh, college. Oh, fun fact. You know why the Word file format is so bad? It um, essentially does a serialized dump of the state of the application. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that'll that'll bloat your docs all right. Yeah, so it's not like, you know, like there's a document, you know, like an HTML document, you know, where your paragraphs are in nice little P's and... Right. everything's in there it's like no your data in the document is in the order you typed it in not in document order and it's just a big serialized piece of garbage wow. i did not realize that 
Yeah. <laughs> that's so, really so basically that's horrible. everything that reads a Word document emulates all prior versions of Word that that uh, format spec goes back to. So in this case, uh, today it's the 08 format. And back then it was the original through 04 format. Yikes. Yeah, Word's pretty awful. I don't know why we use it. Um, we're used to it, I guess. But yeah, so I would I would be freaking out um, about not having a floppy drive. I definitely wouldn't because so I was a Mac user at the time. Um, I believe you had not yet seen the light. <laughs> hey, it wasn't exactly my choice. <laughs> when when I was a kid, my parents bought an IBM PC, and that's what we had. Um, if your parents had bought you an IBM PC, you would have used an IBM PC. So at home, I had a uh, I had a Performa. Um, and a uh, an SE30 hand me down, and my music teacher had um, a Power Mac and another SE30 that um, we used for music. And all of the data transfer that we did for anything was never on floppy drives because they were just garbage. They were always garbage. Um, we used zip disks because you had the same uh, SCSI connector on the SE30 through. Well, basically all Macs until the iMac. Um, and 100 megabytes per disk, a s significantly less volatile disk um, by happenstance, was a lot they better did go bad. than carrying 100 floppies around, though. It, well, of course, but people sometimes like to lionize the zip disk as this paragon of reliability. They weren't. They did go bad sometimes. And there was a whole series of zip drives that would actually destroy your disks. Uh, I think it was like just a large production run that were just crap. <laughs> Somehow I didn't have any of those. Well, if you kept using your SCSI ones forever, uh, then yeah. you, you could have easily avoided that. Um, so I had the SCSI one until the iMac, at which point I used the USB one, which was a 250 meg one. So it was a... The like, super disk drive? No, they just continued calling it the zip. Oh right, sorry. We're yeah. still on. I was thinking of um, the my drive. yeah. Well, my yeah, my college had those. They were they would act as floppy drives, but they also were super disk drives, and they were like oh, so they so they weren't an iOmega product then. I guess don't not. think so. I I don't remember what the brand was on those, but they it, nobody ever. <laughs> You had those actual discs. They were exclusively used as floppy drives, mm. and they matched the Except Bondi Blue. Well, yeah, they they matched the Bondi Blue uh, Power Mac G3s <laughs> that were in the lab when I started in college. Power Macs were kind of like blueberry-ish. They didn't really match the iMacs. Yeah, it was kind of a weird but, thing. But they didn't call them blueberry either. And I'm not sure they were the same color as blue very precisely no they just either. they just called them blue yeah they were just blue yeah <laughs> it was just blue and white that was yeah. regular <laughs> um, but bondi which is the uh, apparently proper pronunciation of b-o-n-d-i which is a beach in australia which is whatever what you the, say australia which is the seafoam greenish color of the original imac um when that came out that proliferated Far beyond uh, <laughs> USB floppy drives. Oh yeah, like I it, mean, like printers. You, you could you could get an iron in alarm Bondi. Alarm clocks, <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
hairbrushes. I mean, basically every electronic device came in that blue. And then when they introduced the five flavors, you started being able to get, you know, a strawberry alarm clock or like a grape, I don't know. I really, I really wanted one of the alarm clocks. I, I They loved, were good colors. They were. And I loved the whole transparent, uh, translucent plastic aesthetic. My when I bought a phone for college, because, you know, a landline phone, because you hooked it up to an actual cable to the wall, <laughs> it was, this was one that was still a thing. Not everybody carried a phone in their pocket at all times. Um, I bought a purple translucent plastic one from VTech and like a ton of other girls, I went to a women's college, bought the same one in different colors. You mentioned uh, a phone in your pocket. Um, one port that this uh, iMac did have that um, vanished from all future iMacs was the <laughs> IR port. Yeah, I didn't remember that, that it had an IR port yeah. at all. That's the dumbest port. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so all of my uh, uh, my beige Macs had an IR port too, which I always wondered what it was there for. <laughs> um, apparently, PDA something something. Um, I'm too young for this and... Some printers as well could use IR. Oh, because serial wasn't slow enough? <laughs> I guess. Uh, in terms of uh, forward thinking and other contemporary ports, um, it did have two options for networking. It did have a uh, 56K V90 modem. Um, and I found spec sheets that refer to this as a software modem. So I guess it's just they had, you know, the uh, phone jack on it and the photo, the modem was just all handled in uh, software, which is, you know, clever because modems are big and stupid <laughs> and, you know, had existed, you know, for 10 or 20 years at that point. So I guess it was pretty easy to just do it in software. But the big thing about that was that, um, so I used external dial-up modems with my beige max in the 90s and they sucked <laughs> not just not just like dial-up sucks i mean like you know just getting the mac os driver even though this was like a mac only product um <laughs> loaded into classic without crashing something else like i remember like i had to disable something to use it and then re-enable that when i wanted to use the other thing and you know there's a reboot in between um nice Classic Mac OS had problems. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, uh, <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of OS less than 10. Yeah. Um, but the nice thing about this was, you know, it was Apple supported and through OS 9 and OS 10. And it pretty much just worked whether you had like proper dial up internet when or if you were using AOL because they went out of their way to make sure it worked with AOL because that was right. how 90% of the country got on their dial-up anyway. And they also, you know, had a uh, 10-100 Ethernet jack on it. Um, one of my favorite ye old Steve Jobs keynotes actually mm -hmm. isn't this iMac introduction. It's his first keynote coming back in 1997 where he talks about all the networking stuff um, that they had at Next. And it sounds like a future that iCloud still hasn't realized. Aww. <laughs> um, so, like, he brought a lot of networking savvy uh, with that. And, you know, it's good because they had that high-speed port on that iMac. Even if you weren't going to network a bunch of them together, your school could do it without a bunch of dongles or 
you know, horrible drivers fighting with OS8. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty sweet. OS8, though, <laughs> was a problem. Um, that was kind of the worst part of the machine, was that it, yeah. it shipped during the OS8 era. Um, although, um, a 233 megahertz G3 was the fastest consumer-facing CPU at the time. <laughs> Um, and during the keynote for this, like, they just have it race a couple of Pettyums, like, doing, like, the same Photoshop and Macromedia files. And the iMac beats them by, like, a stupid amount. Which is really remarkable, um, considering that this wasn't really meant, intended as a high-end computer for, like, pro people. I mean, this yeah. was your, your consumer appliance computer. Um, but the architecture was pretty good. Yeah, no, PowerPC was always pretty decent. You know, it wasn't until IBM ruined it with the G5. Um, yeah, the G5 was, God, it was hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but of like, course, um, risk architecture, um, persisted and that's why phones are so efficient compared to Intel chips. Yeah. God, <laughs> Came with 32 megs of RAM, expandable to 128. It's weird to think of RAM in terms of megabytes. Yeah, because we're literally, <laughs> um, your iMac has a RAM ceiling of 128 gigs. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's only a thousandfold more. It's fine. I used to have this problem, too, when I would be, on the one hand, fooling around with my Mac SE, which had, like, four megabytes of RAM, and I was trying really hard to find more for it, but it was unsurprisingly difficult for yeah. a 12 year old machine um <laughs> and then i would go back to like looking at the specs for a pc and i'd be thinking in terms of megabytes and i was like oh that's not that good um yeah and we didn't have sites like crucial back then that just had all of the ram for everything ever in an easy look way because there was no internet back then right not really <laughs> yeah the internet was magazines and a few chat rooms and bulletin boards. And it's funny, the internet has always been about people. So, like, people think of social media as, like, a new thing that, that started with, you know, Facebook or Twitter or whatever. But it's totally not. I mean... No, that's what the... The internet was that all the time. You know, it, right. it started with, uh, you know, Telnet chat rooms and ICQ and AOL chat rooms, your buddy list. It's just always been that. Yeah. So it's a weird, it's a weird modern conceit that social media isn't that young when the internet has always been about connecting right. people to one another. I don't know. Yeah. And of course, you know, there's the long list of graves that Facebook stomped over. <laughs> yeah. You know, most notoriously MySpace, you know, but other things too that right. it obviated like LiveJournal and other unspeakable crap from <laughs> the turn Friendster. of the century. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, although uh, another note about the RAM though is that... Um, 32 actually was bad for the time. Um, and even a ceiling of 128 was bad for the time. Um, it severely limited any potential future-proofing of the original iMac because um, OS X... Um, the original OS X had a RAM floor of 64 megs. So if you mm -hmm. bought this iMac, you need, would have needed an upgrade to use it at all. Um, and 64 wasn't enough for it. Um... Uh, Panther and Jaguar required 128, but really needed 256. 
Um, Tiger required 256, so you couldn't even make it to Tiger on these things. And let's face it, Tiger is when OS 10 got solid. And Tiger ran like crap with less than 768. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> as much as I ended up putting in the Flower Power iMac that I, I, I Your lamented. Your biggest regret. <laughs> yeah, my biggest regret was that I could have stolen that Flower Power iMac because somehow through a clerical error, it fell out of inventory. So like nobody really knew that it, you know, was technically a campus owned computer. So I could have stolen it and got away with it, but I didn't because I just, I don't steal. <laughs> but I, I kind of almost wish I had made an exception. Yeah. So let's talk about the colors. Um, the timeline of the colors, like all the different colors coming out and when colors were no longer available. Um, the, uh, when did the iMac G4 come out? Like 2003, 2004? Uh, um, iMac G4, I mean the uh, lamp. I I think it would have been 2003 because I 2000 January 2002. Okay, so we uh, so, so we would have ordered them in 2003 because yeah. of the way fiscal years. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I I replaced all the blue and white G3s with IMAX IMAX G4 <laughs> in uh, my school's Mac my college's Mac lab. Yeah, but it, but my point to bring that up is um, from 1998 through the end of 2001 is when Apple went through Bondi, the original five flavors, Indigo, Graphite, Snow, and Dalmatian on IMAX. And Ruby. And, and Ruby and uh, Sage. Flower Power, of course. Oh, and Sage. It seems like an amazing, uh, like, because I remember seeing, like, the green one sage one and being like oh that's pretty and it's i i kind of almost can't believe that that was only four years right you know it seems like a lot of churn it, it really was because you know uh ruby wasn't strawberry sage wasn't lime indigo wasn't blueberry nor bondi you know you know it was just all of this coming out you know the machines averaged nine months between each release and nowadays we wait <laughs> 18 months between a refresh of their most popular selling laptops. And mm. um, what are we on? 17 years since the last Mac Pro. Um, <laughs> the Mac <laughs> Mini hasn't been updated since 2014. This is being recorded in 2018. Yeah. You know, and like the excuse of, um, you know, well, the Mac Mini doesn't sell that well. It's like Apple used to sell like a a million Macs a year back in 1998. Like there's, and they managed to have, you know, five or seven colors of iMac inventory at a time. You know, yeah. it's just, no, they're just, they just don't care. <laughs> like it's, it's not a practical thing. And I, I miss, I miss colors. <laughs> I miss colors and I miss like the whimsy IMAX being different. Like my iMac pro that I'm looking at right now and that's a humble brag. <laughs> not really. <laughs> it's just a brag. Um, at this point, <laughs> is not substantially different from the 2009 iMac that I replaced it with. It's a different color. It's thinner for no real reason. And it <laughs> well, the, the edge is thinner. I think the bulge might even be thicker. Um, maybe it does have all that fan stuff yeah. in the middle, and it doesn't have an optical disc drive. But it's substantially the same design. 
and it so it's they're kind of stagnating and i kind of miss all the colors and the roundy plastics and the sort of friendly looking now granted this is not supposed to be a friendly looking computer it's a pro machine it should look kind of like a little bit intimidating and it kind of does because of the um you know the what do they call it space gray right which is not quite black um but right <laughs> speaking of not quite black the original iMac keynote started with an update to the PowerBook G3, which, um, you know, was either the first or second machine that was released under Jobs. Um, and I can't I can't remember if the uh, blue and white G3s beat it out. That's what I'm unclear on. But um, it was black, like real black, not yeah. not, you know, dark gray. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of miss and that and the plastic on those. Um, at least after Kanga, let's not talk about Kanga. Um, no, the PowerBook G3 starts at the uh, <laughs> the Lombard and the Pisbow. I don't know what right. you're talking about. <laughs> uh, didn't Wall Street come first? It starts at the Lombard and the Pisbow. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Fair they, enough. They came in at 400 megahertz. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they they felt nice, and the black books did too. The black MacBooks that was, that was a sort of rubbery feeling and just very nice to touch. My my MacBook Pro is not very nice to touch, and in fact, I always put those plastic spec cases on it. Um, not least because it's really uncomfortable to have the cold metal thing on my lap. Well, just open Slack; it'll get warm. That's true, but you know, in the <laughs> winter before Slack really gets going. Also, I can stick my stickers to them, and uh, I like I and leave them like, on the case. It's like too yeah. permanent for me to put them on the actual computer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but if I put them on the spec case, I could theoretically swap out my spec case to swap out my sticker collection. Although nowadays, I've started just sticking my stickers on. I have this little IKEA drawer unit in my office that holds all my like random crap, and I've been putting my stickers on that because I think of it as like a permanent thing that I'll always have. Hmm. Because I have anxiety about my stickers. Yeah, I I, just, <laughs> I don't want to waste them. I just don't stick stickers. Um, I like the only sticker I've used has been the uh, white Apple logo stickers because those are plentiful. Um, and all I do is stick them over Dell logos. Oh man! So the other day you were tweeting about wanting um, iWork 09 Pages 09, which led me to dig out my Pages my iWork 09 disc, which of course I had. And in my little CD carrier that I, you know, had it in were some Rainbow Apple stickers that I totally forgot that I had. Those are legendary, much more legendary than the black ones that came with the iMac. And it was, um, see, so back in the day when you got the a sticker sheet with the rainbow apples, you got two small ones and two large ones. Um, and I cut it in half and I gave half of it to, to one of my friends. Um, so I have a small one and a large one. That you will never use. No, I'm scared. My, <laughs> <Yeah>. my, <laughs> my, um, my drawer unit's not that permanent. It's not permanent enough to stick my apple sticker on. <sighs> Uh, yeah, I do remember um, seeing those on campus, but never got a Mac that came with them because I th I think uh, my because um, everything was either was a hand me down until my um, Indigo iMac, which was already in the white era. Yeah, I don't really remember the stickers that came with iMacs, but it stands to reason that they were white. Yeah, I think did the blue and whites come with white stickers? They probably did. 
Probably. That was probably, I think Jobs killed the six colors as soon as he got back. Yeah. It was really cool how you could get like mouse pads and stuff that matched your iMac colors. Um, right. You could get everything that matched them. And didn't the, um, I, I, I kind of feel like the Key Lime iBook, which I still <laughs> lust after forever, mm. uh, might have come with a mouse pad. Maybe it used to come with mouse pads. Maybe used to come with a lot of stuff. Yeah. They used to, like the iBooks that came with like all the adapters. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of adapters, uh, the elephant in the room we've been dancing around um, was that the iMacs came with USB 1.0 and only two of those ports and one of them you were required to right. plug your admittedly color matched usb 1.0 keyboard um and the keyboard had two usb 1.0 ports on it uh one of which you were supposed to put your mouse in and the other right. one you couldn't really use because it was an unpowered port and nothing would work in it anyway um with a, a few exceptions yeah uh, another, anything that didn't another, supply its another, own power another mouse um Although, two mice, two mice. <laughs> um, thumb drives, which started existing eventually, worked in them, um, which was a real floppy killer. Um, not zip disks, sadly. Right. <laughs> um, I think though, like even you couldn't plug a powered hard drive, a, a hard drive into the keyboard at all. Though I think it would still complain that the port was like macOS would still throw up a dialogue at you and not mount it. Yeah, that's possible. This is a tradition Apple has continued to this day where um, <laughs> Apple refuses to put internal hubs on machines so that any port that's on the external of a machine gets full bandwidth. So each of those USB 1.0 ports could do the full. It wasn't 12 megabits. I think that was 1.1, but whatever the 1.0 one, one uh, the 1.0 speed was, um, not that your keyboard transmitted at 12 <laughs> megabits a second. No, no, not if you were the fastest typist in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was something that's just always been, you know, infuriating and frustrating. You know, I get what they're where they're coming from, which is like you don't have to know which are the real ports or the fast ones, but. Uh, still, two of them hurt. Um, yeah, you basically have to buy a USB hub. Yeah, and I couldn't find, you know, an Indigo USB hub, so I had some oh, no. horrible, like, black thing I had to hide somewhere. Oh, the shame. <laughs> the yeah. shame. Of Although, iMac. admittedly, um, my iMac had uh, Firewire ports on it, so most of my mm. peripherals are Firewire anyway. I mean, the so audio interface that I'm using right now is a Firewire 400. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. piece of hardware because it's that good that it doesn't really need to be any better than that yeah of course i have like <laughs> i have a chain of adapters i have because uh, <laughs> right? this you know i have it it's the thunderbolt 3, three to thunderbolt to two. 2 to firewire 800 800 to, and then on the other end of my firewire 800 cable is my firewire 400 adapter and it's, although uh, you could probably replace that with a 400 to 800 cable I could, but I don't have one. Yeah, and they might be harder to buy these days. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. A lot of people were pretty upset, though, because they had, you know, the same keyboard that they'd been toting from Mac to Mac to Mac that was ADB, and you needed an adapter for that. And yeah. I think they were kind of flaky. Yeah, and, and all of those adapters were Bondi as well. <laughs> hmm. 
Um, I so um, I think like John Gruber famously still uses like the original Apple keyboard <laughs> that he just has, you know, like a closet full of them that he um, goes through as they break. That's changed through, um, you know, the original <laughs> ADB to USB to whatever USB his current computer has on it. I mean, he might only need. I mean, the iMac Pro has um, USB three ports on it. Right. That was another thing about iMacs is that they lagged behind uh, getting USB two for a long time. Like it was a while. It felt like forever in PC years. Um, yeah. But between when you could get a USB two port on a PC and when you could on a Mac. Right. And part of the reason for that was, um, so even though four hundred is a smaller number than four eighty. Firewire 400 was faster than USB 2. Um, and most of the Mac peripherals were, um, or at least the Mac marketed peripherals, like hard drives and stuff, were using Firewire anyway. So there was sort of, a, you know, a market lack of push. Yeah, but then you got into things like scanners. Yeah. Where there were, all of the Firewire ones were like twice the price Pretty or more yeah. of the USB 2 ones. And you really, USB 2 is pretty helpful <laughs> when when you have a scanner. Yeah. And uh, eventually they also switched the uh, iPod off of FireWire to USB 2. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and that, um, the reason for that wasn't so much supporting Windows as it was that <laughs> the USB chipset was smaller and they could fit it into a smaller iPod. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did not know that. Yeah. And even then, my PowerBook that had USB 2 on it only had two ports. Everything only had two ports on it. Yeah, I think even the G4 IMAX, the G5 IMAX might have had three, possibly. I, I'm tempted to go, I think my iMac, my old iMac has three. It's like yeah. sitting right behind me, but I don't think my headphone cable will quite reach <laughs> and it doesn't seem worth checking um yeah it's never really they've always been a little bit uh stingy with the ports right. and the ram and the hard drives <laughs> yeah in fact um back in this era it was uncommon to actually buy things from apple.com even though like the latest uh website redesign was part of these old keynotes back then <laughs> uh, because all the places like uh, mac alley MacBall, club mac um sold you uh machines for apple's same price um plus double the ram if you bothered to mail in a rebate mm. um and oh yeah it was necessary <laughs> it was very necessary yeah in fact, some cases it was more than double. Because I remember um, my uh, PowerBook would have shipped with 256 and the rebate was uh, for a free uh, additional 512. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> MacBook Pros currently have a RAM ceiling of 16 gigabytes. And MacBook Pros have had a 16 gigabyte RAM ceiling <laughs> since 2012. Is that true? I thought you could uh, configure it with 32. I thought so too, but apparently not, because I went to the store oh. and tried. Wow! <laughs> I, so I guess I did max out the RAM on on my MacBook Pro. That's depressing. Yeah. My work PC has thirty two, and I assume my next work PC will support up to sixty four at least. Um, this iMac, of course, supports a million gigabytes. 
No, it only goes up to 128. Oh, fine. Um, no, that's which, not a lot. No, no I guess not. Um, but I, I probably <laughs> don't need that much. Yeah. Me as as a as the user that I am. Also, I didn't get it, and I I guess these are supposed to be upgradable. Like in store, they can do it for you. Right, but but, it, but it's a whole like, uh, you know, screen suction cup robot kind of procedure. Right. It's not really. It's not like neat. a ram door. No, I kind of miss the little doors. Yeah. So uh, the G3 IMAX, all of them, had a RAM door because, you know, of course you were going to put more RAM in it because <laughs> you had to, to use yeah. the damn thing at all. And it was a convenient little door on the butt that kept you yep. away from the scary parts that would kill you. Yeah. It, so inside the translucent uh, colored part, you know, was all the CRT stuff that would electrocute you. Right. So I read that it surprised me a little bit that the original iMac had a um, shadow mask uh, CRT instead of aperture grill. Aperture grill was generally considered superior. Yeah. Um, so the original iMac did have a couple of uh, uh, display related shortcomings that were like almost immediately redressed, addressed, at least by the uh, five color ones, if not um, by the uh, later ones. Driving that display was not enough VRAM, so it could only mm. do 16-bit um, color or 65536 uh, colors in PC parlance or thousands of colors in the old classic Mac parlance. <laughs> yeah. Back when you used to pick your uh, bit depth <laughs> um, and it was dependent on resolution, I think you could do millions if you uh, dumbed it down to 800 by 600. Which was an intolerably small, even even in the yeah. <laughs> late nineties, early aughts, like ten twenty four by seven sixty eight or bust. Yeah. Oh, uh, one random thing I noted was um, Jobs always said one o two four instead of ten twenty four. I that's so but, weird. But he said seven sixty eight. Huh. Um, well, or maybe he said seven six eight, and it just blurs together. But maybe either way. Um, but yeah, oh, and that was also a thing that made the uh, toilet seat iBooks kind of sucky is that they were 800 by 600 native uh, compared to the power books, which were uh, XGA, you know, uh, 1024. Although I've heard that you can swap the display from the Snow G3 iBooks, the last, the ones that weren't cool anymore, that weren't cute anymore. Yeah, it 99% works. Which is Close pretty enough. good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, especially for, you know, you're not going to do anything real with an iBook with an upgraded display. Yeah. Um, one of the things that doesn't work is um, it boots in 800 by 600, but only addresses the top left 800 by 600 of the display. Um, but that kind of bullshit is just what every PC does when it boots. So it's only offensive to me as a Mac user. <laughs> yeah, I'd be totally fine with that. You could just leave. And in fact, if you're booting up one of those, you probably should go ahead and leave the room while it boots because it's going to be a while. Not mine because I put a uh, I put a flash drive in it, so it, oh, boot, nice. it boots in <laughs> it boots faster than my MacBook. Wow. So well, because uh, OS nine only takes up like eight megabytes. True. True. Um, it would keep the old system folder forever because yeah. whatever, who cares? Um. More display shortcomings. The initial IMAX didn't have uh, any display mirroring. Um, and when the uh, iMac DVs came out, which added the VGA port on the back of them, um, Jobs specifically called out that they were be useful in classrooms, you know, so the teacher could mirror their stuff onto a projector or CRT television, which was a style <laughs> at the time. 
Yeah. Um, my college pretty much had projectors that you would hook your thing into. But again, we were a fancy lady college. We had money for things like that. Yeah. My high school didn't have anything. <laughs> we had uh, overhead projectors. Where, you know, the kids, that was where your teacher, <laughs> it worked off of a lamp and some lenses, and your teacher would write stuff on these clear sheets and then, you know, project that onto the whiteboard or, or the pull-down, usually the pull-down thingy, because chalkboards yeah. were still the norm. Uh, and some of them you could print on, but you, but not all of them. <laughs> and if you put one of the kind that didn't specifically say that it was for laser printers, it would mm -hmm. melt <laughs> inside the printer. Well, that's because you kids were so fancy with your laser printers instead of using inkjets like the... Uh... Could you actually use an inkjet on a transparency, though? I, I, I have no idea, actually. I doubt it. <laughs> I sincerely doubt it. I think that's a recipe for a smeary mess. <laughs> Uh, science says that's a better way to learn, though. Uh, <laughs> watching your teacher uh, print and you also printing on something physical. Probably. Yeah. Not the best science, but it is a science. Yeah. Um, was there anything else limited on the uh, displays? No, I think that was it. Yeah. yeah. And they did, you know, like I said, fix that in later models. Yeah. Um, although, when the iMac G4 came out, we started our lifelong adventure in Dongletown because <laughs> they removed the VGA port and replaced it with a Apple pr proprietary mini VGA port. That's right. We had those for a while. I think my iBook had a mini VGA port. Yeah. And the worst part about this was like you needed a different dongle based on which Mac you had <laughs> because the 12-inch PowerBooks and um, I think some later uh, Mac minis used mini DVI. Right. But the things that started with I had mini VGA. Um, so you <laughs> needed the right dongle. Yeah. Like, it needed to be right on both ends because, of course, you could go from mini DVI to VGA. Um, but mini VGA could only go to full-size VGA. So you needed to have that exact thing. But at least it came in the fucking box back then. So at Indeed. least you had one to lose. <laughs> yeah. And and one other thing that all these iMacs had, uh, the G3 iMacs specifically, over every subsequent iMac, is fucking headphone jacks in the fucking front. <laughs> yes. Why did that go away? Oh, and a pair of them. Because right. they knew this was going to be huge in education. And back then, you shared computers, you know, so there'd be two <laughs> students in front of a thing. And you'd both have your headphones in and you wouldn't need a stupid, ugly splitter. Yeah. I still, to this day, wish that I had a front fucking port headphone headphone jack. It'd be nice if you still had front-mounted speakers. Your speakers are aimed at the floor. <laughs> yeah. I was watching Netflix on my iMac Pro earlier today and i feel like the sound could have been better so this funny innovation i've seen at my office with people with imax is they um curl post-it notes and put them behind the speakers because that bounces the sound forward better than it hitting huh. your desk and coming back to you i should try that now just think if they pointed those speakers at you to the begin with 
Yeah, and speakers aren't that ugly. They're really They're not. It's fine. You just put little tiny holes, like make the whole bottom of the of the bottom strip be holy, and you could use part of it for vents and part of it for speaker grills, and it would be cool. Yeah, and all of their laptops <laughs> have speaker grills on them anyway. So even the ones that don't actually have speakers under the speaker grills, right? Remember back in the day when the light sensors for the keyboard lights were under the speaker grill so you could make it Yeah, I'd play with that all up. the time. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it was super fun. Yeah, you just I, put I your hand miss... over the I I don't know if that still works actually. I haven't tried it on my MacBook Pro. It's uh it's too dark in here for me to see a difference. And mine is in the other room, so. Yeah. <sighs> Do we have anything else? In our um, trip down angry memory lane here. <laughs> no, I'm still sad. I was always really envious of the girls who got to take an iMac to school when I had to make do with this horrible <laughs> Hewlett Packard bundle with a shitty monitor from Staples or whatever. Was it even like not beige? Well, it was kind of gray, so it wasn't precisely. It was like gray and like oh, this but weird... it was it was that HP gray though, which with was... like periwinkle blue accents. <laughs> yeah, I I know that exact color. It wasn't scene. that yeah. pretty. No, although not... <laughs> my PC was kind of cute. Like it was a little small tower, and it came with these adorable little speakers. But it wasn't as cute as an iMac. No, and nothing was, including subsequent iMacs. 